0: conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up.
1: Start your engine!
0: For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track.
2: right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy.
0: With your host, Dave Buchanan.
2: Good morning, race fans. 11 o'clock here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening. As always, we got a great show lined up for you this morning on this sunny and warm, well, I guess you could say warm, Sunday morning here in Western New York. Hope you are having a great weekend and it is a... Final weekend for the NASCAR West Coast Road Trip. They are in the desert today. I guess back in the desert. They were in Vegas a couple of weeks ago. But they're in the desert once again today. How about that? As the Cup Series is at the uh, Phoenix International Raceway or whatever they're calling it these days. That's not ISM Raceway anymore. It's. Back to just Phoenix Raceway? I'm not sure. <laughs> but the Cup Series in action today, and we're going to have it right here on WGR. Our friends at the Motor Racing Network are going to bring you live flag-to-flag coverage of today's race. Pre-race coverage starts at 2.30 this afternoon here on WGR. Green flag just after 3.30 today for today's Van Shield 500 out there at the Phoenix Raceway. And speaking of the Motor Racing Network, the Postman, Steve Post, is going to join us here in about 13 minutes or so here on the program quarter after the hour. Pete, is, or Pete excuse me. Uh, Steve is a veteran uh, pit reporter for the Motor Racing Network with ties to the Northeast, a native of uh, the uh, eastern part of Pennsylvania, and has worked at the local short tracks in that end of the uh, country along with, along with the southern tier of New York State and he is now down south, and he's been a pit reporter for MRN for a number of years. He's going to join us at quarter past the hour, so we'll talk to Steve about today's race at Phoenix and some other NASCAR news, and there's a lot to talk about this week. Also, coming up at the bottom of the hour, the IndyCar season starts next weekend at St. Petersburg, Florida, and lots of changes in the IndyCar world during the offseason. Uh, most notably, the whole series got sold, and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway got sold. As the uh, Holman-George family selling the facility and the series to Roger Penske, Uh, on top of that, lots of driver changes and uh, an expanding field uh, for the uh, IndyCar season coming up with the 24 full-time teams planned this year and already uh, more than 33 cars entered for the Indianapolis 500. So we'll talk to Nathan Brown from the Indianapolis Star in USA Today about that at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Nathan picking up the IndyCar beat from uh, Jim Ayello, who we've had here on the program a couple of times. Uh, Jim uh, now covers the Colts for the Indy Star, so Nathan Brown is the new uh, motorsports man there at the Indy Star in USA Today. So we'll talk to Nathan about some IndyCar happenings at the bottom of the hour. But phone lines are open here this morning at 803-0551-888. 550 to 550, also on Twitter at Fast Track 550. And uh, I urge you to check out my Twitter feed this morning. Check out the uh, tweet pinned at the top and uh, some cool stuff going on over there at Fast Track 550 on Twitter. And we're also on Facebook too, Facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track. But today's race at Phoenix and uh, the somewhat manufacturer parody we've had so far in the first three races of the 2020 Cup Series season continues to Press on here with the uh, lineup for today's race as we have all three manufacturers represented. Represented. Am I saying that right? Represented at the uh, front of the field this morning. Uh, with Chase Elliott on the pole in a Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports. Kevin Harvick will join him on the front row in his Stuart Haas Racing Ford. And then Denny Hamlin puts Toyota in the number three spot for this afternoon's race there at Phoenix. With Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, Eric Almarola, Kurt Busch, Alex Bowman, who won last week at California. Matt Benedetto and Kyle Busch rounding out the top 10 starters for today's race at the Phoenix Raceway. Uh, other notable names in the field, uh, Eric Jones will start 11th. Martin Truex qualified 12th, but for the, I believe, second week in a row, Truex falling to the rear of the field. Uh, they've already changed engine this engines this weekend on the 19 Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing, so he'll follow the tail of the field. Uh, Penske teammates Joey Logano, Brad Kozlowski in row 7 today. Christopher Bell qualifying 15th. William Byron and Clint Boyer will be in row 9. Ryan Priest qualified 20th. Jimmy Johnson qualified 21st. Bubba Wallace starts back in 27th today. And uh, that'll do it for notable names in the starting lineup for today's race. As the uh, the interesting start to the NASCAR season continues. Uh, Another very good race last week with Alex Bowman picking up the win at Fontana. And uh, really, he and Ryan Blaney have emerged here as some early uh, stars here in the first three races of the season. Both drivers uh, have had some great starts of the year, especially Blaney, who really had a shot to win all three races this season. uh, As he finished uh, second to to Denny Hamlin at Daytona, was in the hunt at Las Vegas until the 12 team decided to pit on that late caution, which gave Joey Logano the win at Vegas, and then last week finishing uh, second to... Uh, Alex Bowman who eventually won. So Blaney and Bowman have been two pleasant, I don't know if you want to say surprises, but top performers, and great to see those two young men have some good starts to their season. And actually Ryan Blaney is part of what we're talking about this morning because we've got we had three notable news stories this week concerning the 2021 season in NASCAR. That is gonna be the big theme on the program this year. We've talked about how much change is gonna happen starting next year. Well, we got three interesting pieces of information. Uh, concerning 2021 this week in NASCAR. And I would love to hear your thoughts about it, too, at 803-0550. The first of those, well, not the first, maybe I think it was the third of those pieces of information, but I'll start with this one last. Concerns Ryan Blaney because we got word uh, late this week that Ryan Blaney has re-signed a multi-year deal with Penske Racing. And very fitting, since we spent some time here on the program last week, Talking about the uh, free agent class of 2021 or the potential free agent class of 2021 for the Cup Series. And Ryan Blaney uh, was in that group of drivers, but not anymore. You can... uh I wouldn't even say pencil, and you could do it with a permanent marker that Ryan Blaney is going to be with Penske Racing in 2021. So that's the first of those drivers that we talked about last week, guys like Alex Bowman, Brad Keselowski, Clint Boyer, um, that are going to be uh, – Brad Keselowski, as I said, uh, all of those guys – potential free agents Kyle Larson for next season well Blaney now is definitely going to stay at Penske Racing and uh, that obviously adds a lot of questions to Brad Keselowski's future Brad uh, commenting this week and then he's not yet had any uh, serious contract talks with Penske Racing but uh, is obviously you know would love to stay with the organization but didn't completely rule out you know leaving the two car after this year with the Penske Bunch but uh, his teammate Ryan Blaney is uh, signed, sealed, and delivered for next see- for next season and-, and beyond. It is a multi-year deal. Blaney wouldn't say how many years, but at least for probably the next two or three, uh, Blaney will continue to be uh, part of the captain's army there in the uh, NASCAR Cup Series along with Joey Logano and for at least the rest of this season, Brad Kozlowski. In the two car, so that was the the final piece we got concerning next year. Uh, the other two big ones are a little more wider encompassing of the sport. Uh, the first was after the race last weekend at Fontana, NASCAR held a test early this past week for the new next gen car, Gen Seven car, and I believe it was William Byron that uh, participated in a test session in a car built, I believe, by Richard Childress Racing. Uh, and the most notable thing on that car is was the wheels on it uh, because NASCAR, as part of the car for next season, the next-gen car, the wheels are getting bigger, going from 15 inches to 18 inches. They're going to have aluminum rims instead of steel rims. And the biggest change is no longer will it be a five-lug nut wheel, but instead one big center lug nut uh, to attach the wheels to the car. So after this season, you will no longer see the traditional uh, – Tire change, tire changers in this sport hitting all five lugs to get the tire on and off of a cup car because it'll just be one big center lug nut. And uh, the reason for that, according to NASCAR, is the aluminum wheels. Uh, it would just not be safe to try the the traditional five lug nut method because even with just one lug nut loose on an aluminum 18-inch wheel, it could do damage if one of those lug nuts became loose and could really. Uh, You know, even with one lug nut missing could cause the wheel to fall off or have that rim become damaged and then fall off of the car. So uh, NASCAR has uh, said that it'll be a single center lug to keep the wheels uh, affixed to the Cup cars uh, as part of the next gen car in 2021. Xfinity trucks, they'll stay the traditional five lug nut system, but this will be the final year in the Cup series where you will see the uh, pit crew guys going all the way around the wheel, hitting all five of those lugs to get the tires uh, on and off of the car. So that is a big change and something that annoyed the typical NASCAR fan that loves to complain whenever there are changes in the sport. Uh, It's not going to bother me any. You know, the pit stops are going to remain the same outside of going from five lugs to one center lug. They're still going to, you know, it's not going to look like a Formula One pit stop where all the guys are, you know, ready, sitting there on pit road, and the car swoops in and swoops off pit road in about five seconds. It's still going to look like a traditional NASCAR pit stop, just they're changing the one lug instead – they're uh, loosening and then tightening the one lug instead of five. But uh, they'll still, you know, swing around the car. It'll still be just two tire changers. They'll swing around if it's a four-tire stop and everything. But uh, really, it uh, – May, it may make the pit stops a little bit quicker but uh, it'll still look like the traditional NASCAR pit stop with this one lug nut also it makes the tire carriers job the people uh, when they carry the tire it'll be a little bit lighter obviously with uh, an aluminum wheel versus a steel wheel rim on these cars so that'll also uh, make things a little bit easier for the guys on pit road but so that'll be a big change uh, going for the next gen car uh, for 2021. But NASCAR confirming that detail is it was quickly spotted by those that were there for the test session, I believe, which was on Monday there at Fontana, um, that everybody quickly noticed that it was a center lug, and then NASCAR had to come out and say, "Yep, we're uh, yeah, we're officially that. That's a change. It's going to be for next year. So it'll be interesting how it looks on track with the center lug and a, a larger wheel on these next gen cars. The final interesting piece of information we got this week concerning 2021 in NASCAR was about the schedule. Uh, back at Daytona, uh, almost a month ago now, if you can believe it. NASCAR announcing that the twenty twenty one Daytona five hundred would be on uh, Sunday, February fourteenth, which means it would be a full just a full week from the Super Bowl next year to the Daytona five hundred. On, uh, on unlike the last few years, we've had that. Daytona 500, the Sunday in between, which was usually the clash race, and then uh, going for, and then the Daytona would is always was always two weeks after the uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, NASCAR saying that it would be the following Sunday next year with uh, the Super Bowl on February 7th, and then the Daytona 500 on February 14th. So that led to a lot of questions about the schedule for speed weeks because of the Bush clash. You know, it was usually in that week in between. Well, NASCAR officially announced this week that Speed Weeks at Daytona is more going to be a Speed Week. Uh, All the on-track events connected to the Daytona 500 now will be compressed into a one-week schedule, which will start on Tuesday night, the Clash race, the Bush Clash, which was traditionally a Sunday race, uh, Sunday afternoon race when it was created in the last couple of years. They tried that Saturday thing for a few years. Uh, It is going to be a Tuesday night race now. Uh, and instead of running on the two-and-a-half-mile course, the traditional oval that the Cup cars run on for the Daytona 500, the Clash race will be run on the road course at Daytona. The infield road course that they run the sports cars on for the 24-hours of Daytona in January, that is where the Cup cars are going to run the Clash race, so adding in another wrinkle uh, to the Clash for next season. But that ties in two big points that fans have been supposedly clamoring for a midweek races. We've had a, there's a lot of people calling for more midweek races and B more road course racing in NASCAR because of the, the popularity uh, of the events at Sonoma and Watkins Glen. Uh, you're going, you're going to see the clash race at the road course. I, for one, while yeah, road course racing in NASCAR has been pretty cool the last few years. I didn't need the Bush clash to be, um, you know on the road course at Daytona it's not that i'm not i'm still going to watch it it'll be fun to see believe me but you know just leave them on the oval make it shorter i go go back to what it was when it was a, a 10 lap race or a 20 lap race not this 55 75 lap race you know just put them out there for 10 20 laps uh, no pit stops and just see what happens i i think it's a more it, i think it adds to the Intriguing excitement of, of that race. Uh, the shorter, the better with that event, I think. that's That was part of the uh, Allure Tour when it was uh, first created. So the Bush Clash will be Tuesday. Daytona Pole qualifying, which was also... Um, that same day as the Clash the, this past year, that's Sunday before the Daytona 500, that will now be Wednesday. They'll uh, qualify the field and lock in the front row. So there will be you know, just a 24-hour turnaround until the dual races, which will be the traditional Thursday before the 500, the Thursday night. And then Friday trucks, Saturday Xfinity, Sunday Daytona 500. But again, it's going to be a speed week at Daytona instead of speed weeks. Uh, to condense it, uh, car, you know, carve another schedule out of the, or carve another week out of the NASCAR schedule. It'll be interesting to see how the uh, short tracks react to this. The places like Volusia and New Smyrna, which have also been a big part of speed weeks in f- Florida, there, uh, how will they change their schedules? And you know, that kind of hurts the tracks that run that that you know usually had a wide open. Uh, couple of days there um, that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, before the duels usually were wide open and the folks would go to the short tracks. Now they've lost two nights to uh, on-track action at the big track in Daytona Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, we'll see how the short tracks react to that as well. We'll get back to that later on, but right now let's go to the Western Hotline and bring in from the Motor Racing Network veteran pit reporter Steve Post joins us on the line. Postman is Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning. Great to talk to you again.
1: Man, it's always great to
2: catch up with you, Dave. Hope all is well up there. We are doing just fine here in western New York. A nice, sunny afternoon. And come to thirty, Steve, we're going to be listening to your colleagues there in Phoenix today for today's race here on WGR Sports Radio 550. And it's going to be a pretty good one down there in the desert.
1: We've got a lot of variables in this race, Dave. When we look at it, we're, we're looking at a different tire setup than we've had in the past and a lot of a tire fall-off. And, and, and tire fall-off is a... Is a is an interesting thing it, it doesn't sound all that good but uh those that know racing in a in a, a long term sense it'll it'll provide some opportunities for some guys to work on their chassis so we have that we have um a little traction compound pj1 on the outside of the racetrack that i think drivers are going to be flirting with and restarts here are crazy so uh yeah phoenix is uh is, is, is going to be wild here this afternoon and a lot of uncertainty really when we look at it there's a lot of Shrugging shoulders, I, I don't know. We'll have to see what it feels like when we get out there in the race.
2: Yeah, for the what, the big reason for that is as Steve mentioned is the fact that uh, NASCAR has brought back the 2018 uh, aero package for these cars. Yep. And uh, th- and which is interesting because it'll be the first time the Chevrolets with their current configuration will run under that package. Uh, same for the Fords with the Mustang. So two, man- two out of the three manufacturers have even more question marks than, than maybe the Toyotas. So it- it's definitely uh, going to be a wide open race, Steve. And-, and just look at it qualifying. You had all three manufacturers featured up front for today's race.
1: Yeah, one, two, three. Chase Elliott with a Chevy, Kevin Harvick with a Ford, and Denny Hamlin with a Toyota. Are one, two, three, and you know, Dave, and I, and I agree with you, in your your the, the all of this. The PJ one, the tires are all based on the, the the rule with the race car, the chassis, the, the 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 package, if you will, that we have here. You know, but but ultimately, when we get down to it, um, you know, Chase uh, Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick. Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney—your top five. Uh, those have been pretty good teams all along. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it tends to sort out so that the same guys will get up front. Uh, I think when we look at this thing, I think you're going to look at Harvick's going to be really good. I'd be shocked if Kyle Busch wasn't pretty good here because historically he has been. And then a car, a car from MidPack that was really good on long runs was Brad Keselowski. So um, you know, and that kind of falls under the usual cast of characters who run for wins in the, in the NASCAR Cup Series.
2: Add to that, Steve, I don't know who's gonna be working harder today. The drivers, the crew chiefs, because the fact that Phoenix now is the championship race this year on the Cup schedule. When we go back when they go back in November, it's they'll be racing for championships. There's a lot of crews, they're gonna be crew chiefs, they're gonna be taking a lot of notes so they have a good strategy to come back with in November, especially if they think they're gonna be running for a championship
1: yeah, you know that's been fascinating to talk to the drivers about Dave. And you're right. This is the first time since we've gone to this format that there actually is a is a is a race at the track homestead had held all of the championship races, and there was never there was just one race a year. So I think what's going to be interesting is you're right. They're going to be taking a lot of notes. What to me is kind of a fascinating time period is what tonight, and tomorrow and Tuesday in the race shops look like, because mm-hmm. not only are they working on notes for the cars and, 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 and tucking those away for when we come back here in November, but in talking with Alex Bowman, Alex was the simulator development driver for Hendrick Motorsports for years and years, and he said one of the things that people don't consider is that we will go back Monday morning and develop our simulator further. So it's, it's even to that degree where, where the, the, the simulators will be developed starting tonight and tomorrow, after this race, to make sure that the simulator is good so that the setup that they simulate with in November <laughs> is good. And then the other thing, the other factor that comes into this is that this is the first race with this rules package. As you established the 750 horsepower, the rules package similar to 2015. Mm. We have 14 more, or, or the, this is the first of, of 15 races with this rules package. So this car will evolve as well. So uh, you're right. There's going to be a lot of note-taking, a lot of looking forward to November, but yet they've got to project a lot of different things when we look at what this configuration is going to look like in November here at this racetrack.
2: There'll be a a lot of coffee pouring at race shops then (laughs) down there in North Carolina Monday morning is what you're saying, Steve.
1: Yeah, job security for all the engineers and all the tech guys, that's for sure. As they – work on work on projecting what this is going to look like when we come back here in November for sure.
2: Steve, you spend a lot of time on pit road uh, throughout the NASCAR season and that, that pit road is going to look a little bit different next year. Now that we know the we've, we're going to go from five lugs to single lugs uh, on the uh, cup car next year, the next gen car. Uh, what have you been hearing from the industry and what are your thoughts uh, on that change for next season?
1: You know, it's, it's funny because when I first heard that, I thought, whoa, that is going to be a huge difference in the, uh, in the pit stops as we see them. And talking with Jay Fabian, the series director, you know, it's amazing to me how fast these guys are with five luck nuts. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you can even hear it, it's like pop, 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 pop. So what is that, a second and a half, a second, second and a half? Yeah. And one of the things I think that's going to be different with the single lug nut is it's going to take longer to take that single lug nut off than the individual ones. How much longer, I don't know. So let's say that pop, 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 five lug nuts off is a second and a half. There's talk that that single lug nut, it's still going to take a second to get that off from the car. So there's a lot of you know, this may not be all that much different than what we're used to. I think think we're in a really big unknown period. We don't know where they're going to settle on this. We know that they're going to do the single lug nut but we don't know what they're going to settle on. How long are the threads on the lug nut? How how does that work? So I just think that there's a uh, – I'm not sure what we know about what it's going to look like because Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what NASCAR has determined – uh, what that's going to look. I think they want to see the pit stops remain very similar to what we have. And, and I tend to think that that's the direction we end up in when we get this all sorted out over the course of this year and into next.
2: Steve, being a radio guy, the biggest difference, it might just sound different instead of, you know, hearing the the five lugs, we're just going to hear one. Yep. So your calls on pit road are going to sound a lot different next year.
1: Well, it's interesting. And, and you say that remember Dave last year when we lost a crew guy, when they did mm-hmm. the, uh, when we went down to five guys over the wall, it was strange because I'm like, well, it won't affect anything. Well, the pit stops gained about three seconds. Mm. Okay, right initially in Daytona. Now we've got the time back down on them now, which which we expected. I am telling you, it seemed like an eternity calling those pit <laughs> stops because we had a rhythm, a cadence between between Winston, Kelly, and and Dylan Welch, and Kim Kuhn and and Alex Haig was doing a lot of it and myself. We, you had a cadence, you had a rhythm to a pit stop, and it was totally awkward. And, and I do expect that from a from a radio telling the story of it. It is going to see different. For for my whole year, my, you know, my whole career doing this, I've seen the guy's hands go in five times to take these lug nuts off, and you can almost tell when they have to go a sixth or a seventh time. You can see that it's out of cadence. Yeah. And so you're right; it is going to be it is going to be different to see uh, what that looks like and what it sounds like, what it feels like when we hit Daytona next year for sure.
2: Uh, Steve, one of the other big news stories of the week was Ryan Blaney re-signing with Penske Racing, and uh, Ryan, of course, his family has a, a great tradition uh, going yep. to the dirt tracks of Pennsylvania and Ohio, but uh, outside of a, you know, some, some, a, a call at Las Vegas and a little bad luck at Fontana, but logistically, Ryan's been in the hunt all three races so far this season. He's off to a great start, and it looks like he's got a great future with Penske Racing going forward.
1: Yeah, Ryan is, is certainly off to a good start. That second place run at Daytona started it all, and then, uh, and then he's ran well. He hasn't got quite the finishes he wants, but he's still salvaging some good results in the other races and not qualified in the fifth spot here, so I think it's good. I think it was interesting chatting with Ryan. There are a lot of drivers on the market this year. You mm-hmm. know, some years, Dave, some years there's one guy, one domino to fall. This year, there's a lot of drivers. You know, when you look at Brad Keselowski and Clint Boyer and, and, and you look at all of those. The other thing we have this year is one seat we know is going to be open, and that's Jimmy Johnson's yep. seat. You know, so it's a fascinating time. And so Ryan Blaney took himself totally out of the debate, and he was asked in, in his media session on Friday, well, did you test the waters, or do you feel that you maybe left something on the table? And Ryan shrugged his shoulders and said, no, I wanted to stay at Penske. Penske wanted me to stay here. Why worry about testing the waters when we're both happy with where we're at? And so, uh, yeah, so take his name out of the silly season. There are some, like I said, there's, there's big-name drivers mm-hmm. in the silly season shuffle. But uh, his name is out of it. He is locked in and really doing well. And the other thing is that they did the crew chief change, and he's working with Todd Gordon this year. Mm-hmm. Not, of course, the crew chief that's been associated with Joey Logano for so long. And, uh, and those two have really meshed well. So you're right. Short-term future for Ryan Blaney this season looks really, really good and long term future uh, future for Ryan Blaney looks good as well. He's got himself in really a good spot and, and you're right, the family tradition, his father Dave, his uncle Dale, you know, great sprint car drivers, and Dave had a nice career in Nascar and, and actually his grandfather Lou, yep. an icon at Western Pennsylvania. So and you know, you you know he he would come up to upstate New York and race some. Uh it's just it's really neat to see the the Ryan Blaney story is a really neat story and we got another chapter of it this uh this week with the contract extension.
2: Steve, last thing before we let you go, next weekend you're just going to be a couple hours east of here. You'll be over in Syracuse the New York State Fairgrounds calling some indoor TQ midget racing. And uh, I'll tell you what, Steve, my favorite part about those indoor TQ races is seeing all of my Western New York drivers going, kicking some butt, the Andy Jankowiaks, the Eric Rudolphs, the Nye brothers, Jeremy Hondricourt, Jonathan Reed, uh, Bobby Holmes, a lot of great TQ drivers here in Western New York, and they're going to be in the field next weekend there at Syracuse.
1: I can't wait that indoor racing, and I've been I've been doing the PA for it for the last three or four years, and that has become some of my favorite weekends. And I can't wait. I haven't I didn't do Syracuse last year with a conflict with NASCAR, but I'm able to come up and do it, and I can't wait to get up there. And the reason I can't wait is just as you said. The great race car drivers, great drivers from down in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, great drivers from New England, and then the great drivers from Western uh, North Carolina, the Catalano boys, is uh, and and just uh, just amazing stuff. Andy J, I mean, he's just phenomenal. Watching him, uh, watching him not only race but you know, watching him work on his car and mm-hmm. what he's designed with his car because he's such a hand-on guy. Uh, two of my favorite people on the planet are Jonathan Reed and his father Tom from yep. over in Lockport. Yep. Uh Just uh, I literally that's. That that is generally my first stop when I hit the pits mm-hmm. on Friday morning. Will be to check in with Tom and Jonathan to see how they're doing. And so yeah, the indoor racing over at uh, over at Syracuse is going to be great. I can't wait to get up there next week, and it's going to be awesome.
2: Yeah, I follow a lot of these guys for all of their careers, and yeah, you the Reed fan. I Jonathan runs a, a sportsman at my Friday night dirt track, yep. Ransomville Speedway, and part of my fr- you, you talk about going to see John and Tom right away. It's funny. My fr- Friday routine: I leave the pit area and I go walk to the front gate, and I always have to swing by. Uh, John's dad, Tom. He's always out there in the parking lot doing some pre pre gaming. So I always say, say hi to Tom on my way to the front gate every Friday night at Ransomville too. So they are great people. Yep. Postman, sure.
1: Tom is Tom is just Tom is just a class guy, man. What a just a great man. He really is. Yeah.
2: Postman, thank you so much for the time this morning. Uh, enjoy the race today, and then uh, have a safe trip up here to Central New York next week, and enjoy the things over at Syracuse.
1: You got it. You got, can't wait for today and can't wait for next weekend. And appreciate your station uh, carrying us. And more important than all of that, thanks to all the fans that listen in up there in the Buffalo, western New York area. We can't do it without all you race fans. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in each and every week here on uh, MRN.
2: 2.30 this afternoon. We'll have it right here in WGR. Steve, take care. Thank you. All right, Steve Post from the Motor Racing Network. And they'll have live flag-to-fly coverage of today's race here in WGR. As I said, pre-race at 2.30 green flag just after 3:30 and uh yeah next weekend the New York State Fairgrounds the indoor auto racing championships TQ Midgets uh if you've seen them outdoors here in western New York that you know they put on a good show maybe you remember the indoor races at the Niagara Falls Convention Center uh I was I went as a kid a few times and then I got to announce the last year they did it which was like 2000 2001 uh the last year before uh the convention center became the casino there in the falls but uh one of the uh most, I guess, cher- cherished memories in my announcing career, getting to to call that last year at the convention there. That was something pretty cool uh, that I will always uh, be grateful for, and a big thank you to the late Harry Macy for letting me do that uh, back then. And I wish I had Steve's gig calling that race. Uh, call He gets to call the uh, the indoor races they do now, the series that the Salmon's family puts on for Mariotta with Atlantic City. Um, Syracuse and uh, the other race up in New England that they do. All right, we get back. We'll shift gears uh, from stock cars to IndyCar. Nathan Brown from the Indy Star is going to join us. We come back here on Fast Track on WGR. Hi, this is Brad Keslowski, driver of the number two discount tire Ford. You're listening to WGR Sports
0: Radio 550.
2: 1133 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Dave Buchanan and WGR's Fast Track and We'll be getting Nathan Brown here in just a minute to talk a little bit of IndyCar. Um, F1 making the announcement, or the folks running the uh, Bahrain Grand Prix for Formula 1, they've announced that that race will be uh, no spectators due to the fear of the coronavirus, that the, uh, the Bahrain Grand Prix on March 22nd will be run without spectators. So that'll be a quite interesting sight. The first race in Formula 1 history that will uh, not have anybody in the grandstands. Uh, NASCAR and IndyCar have put out s- statements that we've been seeing from a lot of uh, sports brands about, you know, they're monitoring the situation and everything, but uh, no changes to schedule and no changes to any kind of policies, both for uh, NASCAR and IndyCar uh, here at this time. And speaking of IndyCar, let's go to the Western Hotline and bring in from the Indianapolis Star and USA Today, Nathan Brown joins us online. Nathan, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning.
3: Good morning. Thanks for having me on, Dave.
2: Appreciate your time. We've had uh, your colleague Jim Ayello on a couple of times, but you know, Jim apparently too good for us. He had to go get on that Indianapolis Colts beat. So we're happy to have you.
3: Yeah, uh, it's been a it's been a good several months to be on the beat here this off season. Certainly uh, a lot going on and a lot to talk about. So we're. Uh, getting excited, looking forward to a, a race starting here in about a week or so.
2: Yeah, next weekend the IndyCar season kicks off in St. Petersburg, but Nathan Holy smokes the amount of news in the IndyCar landscape over the during this offseason and it goes right from the top because Roger Penske uh, purchasing the IndyCar series and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway uh, from the Holman-George family. Uh, how big of a news story was this in the Indianapolis market? It was huge for the racing world in general, but I'm sure it had to be Earthquake style news there in Indy when this broke.
3: It really was. It it kind of trickled down to lots of different areas of our newsroom just from folks who you know specifically cover um, the city of Indianapolis at at several different levels and different ways. You know, people who cover entertainment here with knowing how much he not only wants to turn that facility at uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway from just a a racing facility into truly a some sort of an entertainment capital um i know he has a lot of really big picture visions um for that place specifically and then when you go into looking uh, at what he wants to and has the capability of doing from a a series standpoint Mm -hmm. um with being able to you know maybe have a, a little bit better ability to bring in that third engine manufacturer into the series that they've been trying to do for years now um the Sponsorship opportunities that his name and his face brings to the series—it'll it'll be a big deal. Uh, I don't know how much, at a series standpoint, we'll necessarily see this year, but I, I certainly think it'll be uh, something that we'll we'll start to really notice in twenty twenty one and beyond. Uh,
2: I know they've announced some up; they're going to make some updates to the facility there uh, in Speedway. Do you what, what what are some of the things they've announced that they're already planning to to add to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway grounds?
3: Sure. So. Um, it went through a, a really big overhaul from 2013 to 2016 in preparation for the hundredth running of the 500, which took took place in 2016. But mm-hmm. uh, is getting another, you know, solid facelift. A lot of those things, um, infrastructure-wise, are are things that they were on the the wish list when they started doing that construction for the race back in 2013. That mm-hmm. just didn't get done with the amount of money that they have. So some of those things will include. Um, the the western border of the track on Georgetown Road um, will get expanded. Essentially, it's the width of two lanes of traffic. Um, so that road there that borders the track um, is getting turned uh, into just two lanes there. Um, so a lot better uh, ability for spectators that go through that section. That's about half of the traffic that the track takes, both in e- ingress and egress during uh, the day of the 500. You've also got the addition of several uh, video boards, particularly on the front stretch for Mm -hmm. folks that sit there that just in the past typically haven't had that ability to either watch the race live from there, you know, when you can't see stuff going on in the short stretches or the back stretch uh, or, or be able to see replay or the running order of the race. So that'll be something else that I think, folks that sit around there will really enjoy you've got the purse expanding two million dollars to get to 15 which is the richest purse uh that they've had in race history you've got some changes to small changes to how the qualifications weekend will run so there's a lot of exciting things uh both big picture and somewhat smaller uh that i think will make this just uh, this running of the race a little bit different and maybe a little bit more special for some folks.
2: Yeah, definitely. And and just kind of shures up the future of the sport as well, too, in the hands of uh, the Penske Corporation, even at Roger at 83 years of age, obviously not going to be around, I don't know, maybe more than 10, 20 years, but uh, obviously the the corporation will continue the the great tradition out there with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the IndyCar series. Uh, Another big A new feature this year in the series itself, Nathan, uh, the aero screen to help protect the drivers and protect their heads in the open cockpit. Uh, There's been some testing done. What are some of the thoughts you've been hearing from uh, people connected to the sport about the aero screen for the IndyCar series this year? From
3: from a driver's perspective, um, I think for the most part, uh, I mean, first of all, everyone's on board. Everyone understands that it's an important safety addition. I think there are some drivers out there at least at the start, when it was originally introduced last year, that maybe didn't know how necessary it was. Just because you, I mean, you can't make the sport you know 100% safe. These guys are still, sure. especially on super speedways, going 220 plus. So, yep. um, but but when you look at it, uh, when they've been able to fine tune the piece a little bit, there still are some concerns from some drivers about. Air ventilation especially when you get into the, some of those summer races um, and you get on some of those street circuit courts uh, courses where um, they're not running quite as fast and so the air that's coming in through the air vents at the front isn't um, reaching them maybe quite as hard. so that'll be something that we'll have to see um, how that functions kind of throughout the season and if they have to make any adjustments I know, you know, it's going to be fairly warm here at St. Pete in a week uh, here next weekend for the first race. So that will be an, a good first initial test. But they have put a lot of work into refining this, both with the off-season tests that they did late last year, along with the open test that they were able to do at Circuit of the Americas in Austin uh, and some other tests. So I think it's still kind of a work in progress. You won't really be able to know exactly how well it will function, Um until we get on the track and guys are running, you know, 30, 40 laps at a time without a, um, a pit stop to really know um, how well it works and, and what some of the issues might be. But it'll be uh, very exciting to see how that plays out here soon. And I think it'll be certainly a, a welcome addition from a safety standpoint.
2: Nathan Brown from the Indianapolis Star and USA Today joining us here in WGR's Fast Track. All right, we've talked about changes to the series in the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We've talked to change we've talked about changes to the cars. Now we've got changes to the guys driving the cars. And I think you've you've detailed it on your season preview over there at IndieStar.com. A dozen uh roster changes in the IndyCar series, and, and maybe the biggest one of those is the fact that that James Hinchcliffe does not have a full-time ride this season.
3: Yeah, that was uh, that was the big initial shockwave that came through about a week or so before the uh, Roger Penske news came through in very early November. But yeah. that was uh that was you know, really big news with Arrow McLaren S P uh, making a, a pretty dramatic shift going from James, you know, a, a very veteran experienced driver that has Close to 10 years of full-time experience in the series, and they just they decided that they wanted to go a different direction with a lot of youth and um, and some some promising young drivers. They've got uh, Patricio Ward and Oliver Askew that have combined eight IndyCar races together between them. They'll be the two full-time drivers for them. Um, but James, I think, has found um, you know a, a really solid secondary opportunity for him you know certainly he would have liked to have been in a full season ride in 2020 but with the timing when this took place it was really going to be tough for him to pull that off and to to be able to race three years or three races this year um with Andretti arguably you know one of the best teams if not the best team in series um a, a team that he has a lot of experience with I think is is really great for him and I think with the uh the right sponsorship um, growth and the right performances from him from a racing standpoint this year, that could certainly turn into a, a full season um, long-term situation with him coming into 2021 and beyond. They have a couple of contracts from their drivers that are going to be up. And so we'll have to see um, if he, if he lands and holds on with him, certainly I would expect him to be full-time in 2021. And that would be the, the first spot that I would expect him to end up landing
2: and he'll spend some time uh, doing some TV when he's not behind the wheel for those three races with Andretti Autosport. He's going to be doing some work for NBC Sports uh, on their television broadcast, so he's got a great uh, personality and looking forward to seeing and hearing from him when he's not uh, behind the wheel. A uh, lot of changes. I'll just ask you, what out of all the other moves, what's the other move, off-season driver move that intrigues you the most going into, into St. Pete next weekend?
3: Sure. Um, I think when you look at Uh, you know from a full season standpoint uh if you look at uh ed carpenter racing um they've they have typically run they've had two full season entries and and one guy that runs the series full-time in the 21 car and then ed and the driver um have typically split Mm -hmm. the um the road street with one and then ed does the ovals and the other they've got Two, Ed's the only returning driver from them last year. They've got Connor Daly, who's um, a well-traveled, experienced veteran in sport. He drove for three different teams last year, um, kind of just had to piecemeal a season together. Uh, And he's now got the opportunity to get in 13 races for Ed's team this year. Um, I think he's someone that if you give him a a good opportunity, I think he's a driver that has at times gotten overlooked. You know, he's had – the opportunity to drive in 500 with Andretti last year. He was driving top three, top four, uh, until a restart that he didn't get a, a great spark on mm-hmm. and ended up 10th, could have been forced. Um, I think, I think he's a guy that could really help them out a lot this year. And then you've got Renus VK in their full season seat. He's a rookie. Um, he is a, everyone that has, you know, seen him race in lights, um, been around him and testing. Talks about how you know speedy and quick of a driver he is. I think we'll, with a lot of these rookies that we have in here, with Oliver and Pato to some extent and Renus, it would be interesting to see how these guys adjust to the, the lengths of these races, the endurance, and, and not being able to just go completely full throttle the entire time. I think in some ways those guys might um, maybe take a, a little bit of a step back and have a, an adjustment period, but Renus is one of those guys that Um, will be really interesting to see how he adjusts. So I think that Ed Carpenter team, though they're not part of the quote-unquote big three um, in the the paddock, I think has some good opportunities this year to in some ways turn over a new leaf and, and maybe kind of find a footing and, and some consistency this
2: year man we could go I, I, I probably could go another half hour with you because we we didn't talk yeah we didn't talk about pagino or Newgarden or alexander rossi we didn't talk about alonso coming back we haven't talked about jimmy johnson's future in indycar there's so much to talk about unfortunately we're out of time but nathan thank you so much for this time this morning uh hopefully we can maybe do this again as we get closer to the month of may uh thank you so much
3: Yep, thanks for having me on. Would love to chat more, uh, and uh, glad to get a chance to chat IndyCar this morning.
2: And you can follow him on Twitter, by underscore Nathan Brown uh, from Indy, the IndyStar and in USA Today. Nathan, again, thanks for the time. Enjoy your day. Thanks, you guys too. All right, and uh, IndyCar, again, gets started uh, next weekend. The St. Pete Grand Prix uh, there in St. Petersburg, Florida, the annual uh, kickoff race there for the IndyCar Series, which, again, is now owned by Roger Penske. And who uh, also owns the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedways. He bought all uh, purchased that from the uh, the Holman George family. So uh, definitely a bright future though for IndyCar. I think uh, not the Holman George family were doing a bad job in their stewardship of IndyCar, but now to have the Penske corporation, uh, you know, Steering the ship for the for the years to come, it, definitely a bright future. We come back, we'll uh, wrap up this edition of Fast Track Love we'll Time for your phone calls 803 0551 888 552 550. Lots on the table there, whether it's the NASCAR stuff we talked about with the Postman or some of the IndyCar stuff we talked about, Nathan. Love to hear your thoughts. 803 0550, when we get back here on Fast Track on WGR. Hi, this is Denny Hamlin, drive the number 11 FedEx Toyota, and you're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. Thanks, Denny. Denny Hamill starts third today at Phoenix. Again, the uh, Chevy Ford Toyota top three. Showing just a little bit more of that parody that we've kind of seen in NASCAR here through the first three races. But parody, put, put, put the we may have to put the parody aside because it's hard to beat Kevin Harvick at Phoenix. Kevin's got nine career wins at Phoenix Raceway. Uh, he's pretty darn good at that racetrack. Starts second today. It'll be uh, interesting to see who can uh, beat uh, the number four car today. He's definitely uh, my favorite for this afternoon. But a lot of talented guys starting up front. We, you know, we talk about Blaney and Bowman. Their strong starts to the year. Um, you know, it's going to be uh, on top of that. All throwing everything we talked about in with the postman, with the arrow package and everything today. It, it's going to be a wild race, and you know, get them fanning out four and five wide there through the dog like But uh, still, Harvick will be, I think, the one to catch this afternoon in the four car there. Excuse me, at Phoenix Raceway. Uh, Don't forget, pre-race coverage starts at 2.30 this afternoon here on WGR Green Flag uh, just after 3.30. I'm going to have a busy afternoon. I've got that to watch. But the Buffalo Bandits are in action as well, too, this afternoon. They're in Halifax to take on the Thunderbirds, which is the old Rochester Nighthawks franchise. They moved to Halifax, uh, and then the Pagoulas started a new Rochester Nighthawks franchise. And a huge game for the Bandits this afternoon. That is at uh, 2 o'clock on ESPN 1520. My good buddy John Gertler has a call with a pregame at 1.30. Bandits beat Halifax last Saturday here at the Keymanx Center. And so today's meeting is the rubber match of the season series. Uh, Each team has won one game against each other so far this season. So the winner will win the season series and the potential tiebreaker that goes in with that uh, in the race for the uh, North Division in the National Lacrosse League. And then the Bandits, after today in Halifax, they go Friday to Toronto for a rubber match with The Rock, who just got two of their best players back off injured reserve in uh, Tom Schreiber and Dan Dawson. And then they're at home uh, six days from now, next uh, this coming Saturday, they're home against the New England Black Wolves, who are first place uh, in the East Division. So a very tough part of the schedule for the Bandits and huge for uh, their playoff chances and their playoff seeding. Uh, more specifically, where they wind up, whether it's you know winning the division or finishing second or getting one of the wild card spots, uh, lots to talk about. But uh, bandits this Saturday at home, so I've got that. Got the race to watch, so I'll be split screening it this afternoon. Uh, hopefully, you'll be uh, listening to one of those two, either on with the race here on GR or the bandits over on uh, ESPN 1520. You can talk to me about both of them this afternoon on Twitter too at Fast Track 550. Uh, we'll be keeping tabs on both of those sporting events. Uh, today. Thank you so much for listening. Great show. Big thanks to Steve Post and Nathan Brown for stopping by. And we'll be back next week as uh, we head to Atlanta. We've got Cup Series in Atlanta. We've got the trucks in Atlanta. So we've got uh, Chase Elliott going after Kyle Busch for that $100,000 bounty uh, to see if he can beat him. That'll be fun to watch. And uh, we'll be talking to you about that next Sunday here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Okay,
0: picture this.